In the farmhouse kitchen, our essentials run to wooden spoons and sharp knives, a sturdy Amish egg beater, and an antique grater. A few good steel or cast iron and enameled pots and pans, linens, stovetop kettle, and teapot. The French press is pushing 20, and the coffee mill saw my grandparents through the war. The moulin, the stockpot, and the colander see us through preserving season, as does a steel ice tray, truly. While the butter press and the paddles are simply charming, fine cheesecloth and forms are hard workers. The pitter, peeler, corer, funnels, carboys, and airlocks are critical tools in an orchard. Specialization, nutcracker, cherry pitter, relates directly to the trees around us. The food forest demands that the kitchen be up to the mark, yet our solutions are primarily simple ones. Even the solar dryer is basic. Most complex are the blender, now on its second blade assembly, in appliance years, a fit senior. The toaster, a frankly space-aged yet untrustworthy design, typical. The oven is ugly, if plainly indispensable, though we favor the wood stove whenever possible for the better part of the year. Most storage is devoted to enormous quantities of canning jars, whether full in the pantry or empty at the ready in the cupboard. An accumulation of flasks and tins carry and store without plastic. If there's a tool I prefer to any time-saving device, it's the grain mill. This one's manual, but we usually mill by way of a child's bike rigged up to it. This is the starlet of our film short, Grain Mill. As exercise machines go, I'm fond of one that produces baked goods. Now there's a fine balance of intentions. We take turns milling, adjusting finely for pastry, pasta, pizza dough, focaccia, or dumplings. More coarsely for oat bars, spice cakes, crackers. Somewhere in the middle for sourdough, English muffins, tortillas, flatbreads, breadsticks, pulla, pirakas, stollen. Food security, self-reliance, fresh ingredients, local food, low waste, these are central concerns. The mill in particular pays for itself many times over, but mostly it's just a great pleasure and privilege to have fundamental tools to make good food at home. These days, many people don't live in a world with access to the kind of time and resources to center homemade food. How can we collectively meet our food needs so that slow and simple and nourishing is possible for all? I speak in Grain Mill about ideas of community milling and village baking that were once traditional, bridging the needs of varied contexts. In a longer vision, we need an economy based on meeting needs, not concentrating wealth. In the interim, 
what could it look like to revive community food that sidesteps the rising cost of living through shared production, like a collective and distributive grain mill and community baking system? If we cycled to mill for those in need, if those of us privileged to grow our own food enabled others to grow in all the gardens, the verges, the corners, the lawns, growing into the edges and sharing the surplus. What if the machines that speed up our lives were powered instead on behalf of anyone unable to attend to good food so all of us can eat well? To become resilient together, choosing, building another system that meets needs first. What if, in unplugging from an exploitative food system, we found another, based in relocalized, community-reliant ways of being, feeding ourselves, each other, using essential tools within our reach. Some resources. Rob Hopkins' new podcast episode of What If to What Next on baking. Chris Mage's A Small Farm Future, Helena Norberg-Hodge, and Local Futures World Relocalization Month in June. Look for more in the fourth episode of the Journal of Small Work. This small work is a radio companion to our short films, Grain Mill, and more recently, the Journal of Small Work, Episode 3, Appropriate Technology. You can find out more at patreon.com slash appleturnover. Thank you to our patrons for all your support.